G'day trendsetters, welcome to episode 658 of the Transmove podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and like always, if you have a question for the show, jump on through to the website, trainsmooth.com, or send me through an email, tim at trainsmooth.com. Follow my training at coronavirus.com, and talking about coronavirus.com, I just did a little post not two minutes ago, posting, um, one of the things I'm doing is I'm doing um, a course on uh, sports um, data, sports data science. And while I'm finding the good majority of it's boring as back crap, um, there's some wildly interesting, cool stuff within it as well. And uh, and I had to, I'm I'm in the process of doing this um, module at the moment where. Um, I, I chose to do do a deep dive into you know, the greatest subject in the world myself um, into the 12 months leading into my last Ironman I did and re- um, crunching numbers, doing a bit of a deep dive, comparing little things and um, one of the things, I started uh, I started looking at the difference between indoor cycle, my my indoor cycling versus my outdoor cycling, and while it can also be hard to compare the pair because um, I'll generally add, especially from a, from a bulk number of training sessions, because I will generally do all my easy rides, recovery rides on the indoor bike. I'll generally do structured any harder fast sessions for 90 minutes or less i'll generally do on the indoor trainer more times than not and long rides will generally be on the outside out in the real world and so it was a little bit hard comparing comparing them but I crunched some numbers, uh, and I'm still early on in the piece, but I did post some of this stuff on um, coronavirus.com as part of a blog. But um, for the cycling, for for instance, um, in that 12 weeks, now none, this doesn't include um, tapering, but um, the two weeks tapering I did, but in the 12 weeks leading into Ironman, I did, let me find it, 53 bike rides, 61% of it was done indoors, 39% of it done outdoors. Um, you think, okay, who gives a crap? Uh, so there was 3,316 Ks, I think, yeah, hang on, I just spelt that wrong, I just fixed that up. Um, there was um, 11 116.45 hours, um, but here, here, here's some cool stuff here. So the average normalized power on the indoor ride versus outdoor rides. Um, so the indoor normalized power was 187.4 watts. Outdoors was 227 watts. That's a 19.1% difference. That sparked my interest a little. I thought, yeah, okay. Um, but I'll add a little bit more content to this in a minute. My average heart rate for the indoors was 116 beats a minute versus the outdoors was was 127 beats a minute, which is a 9.05% difference. My intensity factor indoor was indoors was 0.62, outdoors was 0.75. That's an 18.9% difference. That's that's significant. We're we're talking really significant numbers there. 
Um, so, so now you think, well, you got to compare structured sessions, hilly rides outside, blah, 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 blah. So within those um, 53 bike rides, there were seven quality sessions indoors versus five quality sessions done outdoors. Um, there was also six long rides on rolling terrain and there were three hilly long rides in, in that data. So that's going to skew with the information. Anyway, are you asleep yet? No, Tim, continue. Well, okay, if I must. The, the twenty Between weeks 26 and weeks 13 from Ironman, I did 78 bike rides. Now, these are in the summer week, summer months. So 57.5% um, of the volume was done on the outdoors and 42.5% done indoors. There was 3,988.3 kilometres, 146 hours. But the difference between indoors and outdoors over this period, um, this is the bit that surprised me the most because I thought in my head, um, I felt like I had gained all my strength and speed in the summer months and I just more or less maintained it through the colder months leading into Ironman Cairns. Um, but the numbers tell me a little bit different. So my average normalised power indoors was 168.4 watts versus outdoors 213.9 watts. That's a 23.8% difference. Average heart rate indoors was 110 beats a minute versus outdoors, which was 126 beats a minute, which was a 13.5% difference. These these all add up pretty pretty significantly. Uh, average intensity factor was 0.53% indoors versus 0.67% outdoors. That was a 23.3% difference. Um, out of the these, there was there were five key structured sessions indoors versus ten structured sessions outdoors. So these skew with the numbers. Um, there were six long um, rides on rolling terrain versus five hilly long rides. So th that I found um, interesting. I, I find all this stuff interesting anyway. But running. Um, running was quite boring to crunch those numbers because in the last 12 weeks I was nursing an injury or nursing a lot of niggling injuries I should say and on um, on sorry I'm just doing two things at once and in that um, I've bloody forgotten what I was just saying because I got skew whiffed there um, so in the last 12 weeks I you know, in 28 k's into that marathon I started getting cramps like a bloody like a machine <laughs> um, just cramping left right and center so um, but in that last 12 weeks not including taper um, I did 38 runs three of them were structured interval runs the rest was just you know easy to aerobic my average heart rate was 130 38.4 beats a minute uh, power average power was 238 but there was a 3.71% decline in power between the last 12 weeks versus weeks 26 to week 13 um, the intensity factor the rest are quite boring now I'm looking at it but 
the numbers indoors versus outdoors was quite interesting to me. So I've got I've still got a lot of work to to do on this to to actually um uh, um to prove what's going to be better for for me for for this assignment in particular. There's a, this is kind of what I'm heading towards. But if it, if it can help me along the same at the same time, um, it's it's pretty cool. I really I'm I'm kind of enjoying that side of the the course. Anyway, do 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 do. Today's question comes from Adam, and Adam has sent in a few questions, and you too could be super cool like Adam by sending your questions through to Tim at transmove.com. And he's written, uh, mate, where where and what to buy lactate testing and then what resources to use to understand and how to implement in your training? So that's a cool question and there's a lot of um, there's a there's a you know a crap load out there for for instance. And um, and I, I have a cheaper one versus um, and and I've compared my cheap cheaper one to a quite an expensive one, and they they that you can get them from a, um, a couple of hundred dollars through to you know the sky's the limit I guess, um, but I I forget how much I paid for mine. Um, I might have paid about three fifty or or something like that, and it came with a few few test strips. the The testers itself aren't that expensive. With the strips, are the the expensive part, and then they they're going to range anywhere between yeah you know, a few dollars a strip through to seven bucks a strip. Um, and um, like mine's a um, trying to remember the brand of it. Um, y YST, I think I think it's called. And um, this, I I did these tests with, and I grabbed my mate's one and I um, tested the lactate for uh, only did three different tests with it because I was using his strips and because I was I was very interested to compare mine versus his and the exa- and they had the same reading so that was pretty cool the difference is I, like he paid over double than what I paid for mine the difference is. You could tell he paid double the my what I paid for mine, um, so the, you could see the quality difference in that. Um, but having having said all that, um, what I, I I'm still very new to this, so I've got to you know blanket that. I coach three athletes with it, um, and I count myself with that I, I coach myself and I and the reason I always put myself down is I uh, you know I'm self-coached but I always coach myself the exact same way as I coach everyone else and I try and take the um take me out of it and it, like take um and try, try I look at me as like a completely separate person it took me took me a long time to be able to do that um and I really struggled with it at first really struggled and I actually had to get um cycling coaches and all that in a few times to um, write my cycling sessions out because I was getting a bit too lazy with that crap. But anyway, um, the, so I so um, for me, um, and I and I posted an interview with um, Lockie on a few episodes ago, and we're talking about lactate and um, what we did right and what we did wrong with it, and um, how we're going to be implementing it into his training in the lead up. Um, to the next Ironman so 
um, the, the the thing is the the really good thing about them is to get your thresholds, your uh, they, yeah LT two or an LT uh, LT one LT two, um, LT two being you know the yeah FTP if you want to call it that. Now my FTP just a plain old twenty minutes all out effort, ninety five percent of that is exactly spot on to my LT two. That took me um, not, not by surprise, but I, I was pretty pretty happy with that because there's that uh, argument that you sh- should it be ninety percent of FTP, should it be ninety five percent of FTP, and then you you know what what are the training sessions you're doing in between tests that, to val- to validate that that's actually correct. Um, so but so for me it was it was pretty well spot on um lt1 on the other hand um the where the you you see that first bump in lactate that was significantly higher than i was expecting it to be i i if you i thought before leading into it it's going to be somewhere around that 220 watts 230 watts thereabouts but it was um 255 watts and and that's hard to hold for long periods of time. You say, I'll just go out for a three hour um, LT one ride. You think, oh bloody, stick that up your bum. But um, it, yeah, but Lockie on the other hand, he's LT two versus his FTP. There's about forty watts difference. Um, it's huge, and his LT one feels like a beach holiday to him. Um, where to me, I feel like I'm working hard for my LT one. So there were big surprises. Now the other athlete um, we just used for complete zones that we hadn't I hadn't done um, a FTP test with him. I did a bike race with him, and we kind of worked out what his FTP uh, his threshold was from that. But it was um, and that was close. Um, that you know ballpark figure that was not too not too bad, but. Using it, um, let's say, every three months, every four months, because we can all get carried away with how much we want to use it and we can get get, get scared, frightened from um, buying one because you think you, you see all these people, you know, they go to the toilet and they've got to take a lactate test. Um, so it's you want to have, have a, a clear plan on what you want it for. Um, so... To me, it becomes very, very valuable to create um, your training. Um, what are they called? Your your zones, your training zones. So you know exactly um, what's going to be too much, what's going to be too little. Um, I've, I've I've just seen way too much value in that. So and you can do that every three, four months, for instance. Do do a, a big hunk of block of training test uh, you know in three to four months make sure you're all, all those uh, you're in the all you're in the right zones um and you, you i keep getting told that it's easy to lose um to stuff up on strips um because i was worried about that um they have contaminating strips and it's you know you're getting wrong readings i i've i did a lot of visualization with it and i'm very good with visualizations um i um i was actually only talking to um one of the tassie top mma coaches about visualization um 
a couple of weeks ago where he was telling me we, we i don't know how we got stuck into it but we we're talking about um visualizing and um and he he was saying some athletes he coaches can't visualize whatsoever unless they've already done it um and i just assumed everyone can do it but um, but for me, I, I sat down multiple times and I could, um, you know, see see myself pricking my finger, seeing the blood come out, wiping it th- at three different stages, um, watching it come back out again and then testing it. And um, so I never had any issues. I've ruined two strips now, in total now. Um, so I was pretty, I'm, I'm still pretty proud of myself with that. Um, and I think that was because I did so much visualizing on that and um and one of the strips i contaminated was just last week on myself um and that was outdoors on a ride and i I just balls that one up well and truly but i do think um if you can expect that you may um lose a strip or two um and then that becomes quite an expensive it becomes a lot more expensive but um but going to resources, I started off um, learn. Well, I did a bit of reading. I had notes from podcasts and stuff like that, which um, I reread. And but I started watching the YouTube videos of Gordon um, Byrne, and he's he's got a a lot of good blogs out there. He's got a lot of good videos out there, and then but now um, I you for. The protocols for testing, I use Alan Cousins' protocols for all swim, bike, run testing, and I use his um, zone list. So I, I call it a bit different than what Alan Cousins calls it. He calls it, you know, zone zero, one, two, three, four. So, but I just start off at one, two, three up, um, and and I get, I use that theory. And as long as um, you got your zones you know your first threshold your second lot of threshold right um it's easier much easier and and not only what power is to that but what also heart rate is that what's peak heart rate to that but you go off um youtube um gordo and he's got some really really good crap on there about about it but you can definitely get into it for um you know Two, two, three hundred dollars or so for a basic lactate test, the tester, and and x amount of strips to get you started. Start off getting your bike numbers down right, and and then um, get your get your run right. But, yeah, I hope that helps. I think I've um, gibbered a bit too long. Yeah. If you guys have any other questions, jump on through to the website trainsmooth.com. Until next episode, hooroo.